0: Fam.News. Flamingos in a 4,000-square-foot suite, confetti cannons, pink jackets, secret parties, and, of course, the latest and greatest betting rollouts. Welcome to your Vegas Market Review With Bedhead Marketing coming on board, their amazing team was pounding the pavement and they pounced from showroom to showroom, covering sleep product introductions and more. The CEO of Bedhead Marketing, Brandon Bain, is here and the FAM podcast starts right now. 1894, Max Englander hand-built the first Englander mattress. Today, Englander mattresses are still bench-made
1: right here in the USA. Proven materials, expertly layered, and every stitch
0: triple-checked. All for you. Englander, better sleep by design. Hey, are you a mattress retailer looking to supercharge your business? Introducing Podium, your secret weapon. I use it, I'm a huge fan of it. And with Podium's AI powered lead conversion, you can engage with customers in seconds via text, making it feel like they're talking to a friend. But hey, that's just the beginning. Podium offers texting, payments, reviews, website chat, and more all in one place. You've got to be the most responsive retailer to help customers solve those sleep problems in the moment, harness the power of Podium today, and start growing your business. Visit Podium.com right now to learn more.
1: Welcome to the FAM Podcast with Mark Kinsley. This is where the best in the betting business get even better.
0: Welcome. What's going on, fam? Brandon Bain. Always good to see you, my friend. Welcome back to the show. We saw each other last in Vegas. Now, I'm still dressed in the same... I haven't even changed, really. I mean, I still got my pockets. I'll at least take the pocket square out.
1: Are you still... Are you recording this from Vegas?
0: (laughs) I'm still stuck in Vegas, man. I was there for a good shake. You guys were there for a long time, too. Um, You had a ton of videos your crew was doing. You were out and about. Like what as you reflect maybe recover what stands out to you about this trip to Vegas this Vegas market in particular
1: Well it was a little different for us normally you see Ferg and I running around shaking hands you know that kind of thing and this Vegas we brought I think it was like 12 of our team members out and um you know experienced the whole thing we had two production crews going on so we were able to cover a lot of ground. Um, we were recording videos and, um, yeah, we saw a lot and yeah, I mean, my thoughts are varied upon, um, you know, from the different showrooms, there are some brand new showrooms that were just launching for the first time, big companies that have never been in Vegas. And there are companies that have been doing it for the the longest time showing some new stuff. So we thought it was in terms of if you had to have a headline for what I thought Vegas was about, probably one of the most productive Vegases from, most people's accounts of the return. I wouldn't say it was the most populated Vegas, but they said one of the most productive Vegas experiences that they've had in a long time.
0: I, I of course, was anchored in the showroom there in Englander in C1596. We had done a big showroom refresh. We had 50 print ads from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, and a bunch of new product intros. And as I was talking to people who were out and about and weren't anchored in a particular showroom like myself... They said there were lots of introductions and a lot of safe introductions. I had kind of an interesting conversation with um, a buyer who came into our showroom and he said, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of innovation out there during this Vegas market. And I said, no like concept car type products. And I said, Oh, so do you do you enjoy seeing that? And he said, Yeah, we we like to see something that's new and innovative and different. We're not seeing a whole lot that's different. And I said, do you typically bring in those type of products? Is that something that's popular in your market? Do you have a strategy around that for your retail location? He's like, no, 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 no. Like we don't buy anything like that. We buy very safe, but I like to see it. I was like, oh, so you like to see it, but you won't buy it. What did you see as you were out and about? Did you see anything really innovative or it was iterative? What's your read?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much in line with the engineering principle not invented here. Um, so a lot of buyers are coming out to these shows, you know, kind of like you would go to CES and see what's going to happen in the future. So you have a handle on it and you can prepare for it, but they're not about to risk their business over something that's not proven, right? They prove it, prove it, prove it right first. So I think that when times are expected to be contracting in a marketplace that you buyers tend to skew a little bit more um, uh, probably risk adverse, right? They're probably less likely to take some of the risk with products They still want to stand out and differentiate themselves. So if you have a product that's like proven in a market that's working and then it's also a differentiated product, then yeah, you're going to potentially win. But I also expect that same sort of thing to be happening with the manufacturers. The manufacturers are like, listen, you know, we've seen the industry come down a little bit. We don't have the luxury of, you know, putting our centerpiece as this innovative thing that you can't buy and it'll be available in five years. We need to sell products now in Vegas, because the cost of this place and what it takes to be here, so we got to have products that people can take today. Um, so they might not be focused on bringing those new technologies to market like you would normally see when times are good and you're really just you know fighting over those margins of product differentiation. But I did see um, some really cool stuff happening with adjustable beds. Um, there's products where um, both sides can be adjusted. There's some you know air mattress things that were kind of cool and Um, That have been around a little bit, but starting to make a little bit more noise, um, kind of like the sleep number style. What's the sleep number? How can we get into some of that market? Um, Some modular stuff I thought was really interesting. Um, But frankly, um, you know, even those sort of things have been around for decades. Um, So it's a little bit of a cycle, kind of see, you know, just like your latex, right? Just like latex first put into the Englander bed eventually ends up being one of the most seen things in Vegas this year. That was, I saw latex and everything not just um you know re- you know standard beds but performance beds too so you know a little bit of a cyclical thing but that's proven so that's not really innovation
0: i was able to sneak away at one point and see my friend tambra with the specialty sleep association mm-hmm. and there was a group that had created essentially what was a, a water bed of sorts Uh, But these guys design float tanks and they sell float tanks and they have a manufacturing operation down in Mexico and they do a bunch of other products. But this thing felt very unique. It almost felt like some sort of mixture of sand and gel beads and water. And you really did like you got into it and it evenly distributed your weight. And so I thought, you know, it's fun to see, you know, little one-offs like that. And I was wishing them luck, but they did have a unique feeling product. But it's like you said, are you going to be willing to bring that in, invest in the inventory and try to sell that? Uh, You know, I think I see a lot of people getting back to the, the blocking and tackling the fundamentals of mattress merchandising and selling, because we had this climate of demand over the past several years. And now we're getting back to, hey, I'm not just writing orders anymore. If you had product, you won. Now we're getting into the conditions where it's like, I have to attract foot traffic. I have to invest in my advertising spend. I got to make sure that I've got product that I feel confident my team can can move. And things are starting to, like you said, cycle back around to 2018, 2019.
1: Right, right. And and you see a lot of companies that um, that are sort of, you know, they're going back to in order for us to do well with the product, we have to commit to the product. You can't just get a product. Like you said, you have to commit to multiple products, two, three, let's say three is kind of like the minimum and four, even four, and then the inventory. So going into 2024, when a company might be down 10, 15%, how are manufacturers making it easier for someone to commit to a product? Um, You know, everyone down the line has to be able to like carry a little bit more of the weight when, we saw this ha- same thing happen in the mortgage industry back in 2008. Uh, pre-2008, it was a free-for-all. So you just had to have your brokerage license and then you get loans. Just like now, like you just had to stand up a store and then you get you know, c- customers coming in. But that's not the case anymore. You got to earn the customer. You got to close that customer. And you better have a product that, you, that looks like you're at least committed to so that they trust it. Because that's what it's all about is trusting that product.
0: That's a really good point too about having a product that you're committed to. It's like if you have one product in a sea of 40 to 60 mattresses, is that something you really believe in? Or do you really need to commit to the category, whether that category is a range of products from a specific brand or that category is technology like foam or latex? I think there's a lot to emphasize there about your onesie twosies versus a merchandising strategy, which I think Megan Anderson did a great job when she spoke at Sleep Summit. Uh, back last October, and helping people understand committing to the category and merchandising strategy versus like i 'm just buying product and putting it on my floor there 's a big difference
1: right, and I think that Megan is at one of the elite at understanding the customer journey and how it relates to the merchandising strategy um, where a lot of people merchandise you know for like, Hey, we're missing a product here. We're missing a product there, but missing a product for who the RSA, for the customer, for your own line card, like who, so b- having a holistic philosophy about, um, your merchandising strategy, I think is important. And Megan did a great job of telling that journey through her experiences in, uh, overseas. I think it was Italy, right? Did she go to Italy and do she the went wine to, tasting?
0: she went to France Paris, yeah, for, yeah,
1: for the wine taste. So yeah, it's, it was a really interesting, uh, talk. I think you have a copy of that, right? Can you show the people
0: <laughs> the yeah, video? We might, we might be able to reveal some of that. Okay. okay. Hey, hey, speaking of that, you get, make sure and save the date right now. Sleep summit 2024 is going to happen October 8th through the 11th. Uh, keep listening to the podcast. Make sure you go to fam.news. get signed up for the emails. We'll send you all the information. So we'll, we'll get that for you. And we'll talk more about merchandising when we head into sleep summit and I've already signed on some of our, our speakers. Um, so Brandon, whenever you think about merchandising versus buying merchandise, I think a lot of people run it. Like, like, Let's go a little bit deeper on that. Whenever somebody has a dead slot on their floor, maybe a couple of dead slots, they're like, yeah, it's just not moving anymore. or Maybe it never moved in the first place. How do you think about what to do about that single slot without disrupting everything else that apparently is working?
1: There's a couple of different philosophies. And I think any one of these, I would say three would probably be Salient, maybe four. Um, the first one is put a product that's going to swing the door, right? Because it's harder to swing the door. So there's a really good example of a, a puffy, for example. Like they, for all intents and purposes, they're trying to open doors and they're directing all that traffic to the people that are picking them up. Like they would love you to carry three or four of their beds, but if you're the only place in 300 miles that can compare a puffy to a temperpedic or whatever. That's a great way to swing the door. You're going to get a lot of SEO and a lot of door swings from something like that. So it's almost like a product that helps get that door to swing and get that conversation started. Um, a second way to approach that is some sort of technology that can uh, be implemented into your sales process that would make the sales process um, easier. So it, let's call it a pressure mapping tool. Um, Clint Walling has a really nice pressure mapping tool that this basically helps um, eliminate and disarm the customer and say, hey, we know exactly what you are. Uh, we know exactly um, what kind of edge you need based on your pressure. So we can, uh, you don't have to trust me, the sales guy, you can trust the technology and we can go fit you into the right beds. So those are the kinds of things that I think a single slot could be helpful for a third thing that could be helpful is lean heavier into a line that you haven't leaned heavy enough into, and it will show your commitment to that product. You might have three, go get the fourth, right? Go get that other one. I think that's another great way to do it. Um, And then this one might feel a little counterintuitive, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm a marketer, the difference between target and Walmart is Target did a great job of giving their customers more space and giving each of the products more reverence so it feels like a better experience. So why not space out your beds a little bit more and give the customer a little nicer experience as opposed to saying, hey, this is a track track neighborhood. We got to put a house in every lot. We'll make those lots a little bigger, give people a little bit more space. And that feeling could be, instead of everything butted up next to each other, can feel like I'm getting more value out of this experience.
0: This sport coat, by the way, is, is really just hiding something. See, you're so thoughtful. I'm a huge fan of you, Brandon, and Steven and your entire team. See, so check this out. If you're watching on video, you, you'll see this.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm
0: repping, I'm repping my, uh, my fam hat and my bedhead <laughs> shirt. That's, that's what's hiding behind the sport coat. I love coat.
1: that, man. Thank you. Thank right you. over we'll my heart. We're big fans of you, too.
0: <laughs> that is a really thoughtful response. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, a lot of times you look at dead slot, you think uh, one in, one out. But I think, you know, what you just described there at the very end, it might be a little counterintuitive because people want to make sure they're maximizing their floor space. But yeah, whenever you can put um, a little bit of a halo effect or a spotlight on some of your key products, um, space is what's going to do that. It's just like you described with the, uh, the track housing. You know, if you have track housing that has, a, you know, a house that looks similar on every lot, And then all of a sudden, there's that one lot on the block that has, you know, an acre dedicated to it. It's (laughs) going to feel more important in certain ways. Hey, speaking of feeling important, um, let's let's talk about the fun side of Vegas. I wanted to make sure that our coin holders who have been to Dream Camp or part of the Mattress Mentorship Mastermind, those are our coin holders, had a really fun, important, fun, dedicated experience for them. And so... I rented the chairman's suite at the Bellagio, the fam did. And it's over 4,000 square feet of uh, just party space overlooking the Bellagio fountains with a solarium and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, of course, in one bathtub, there were blow up penguins. In the other bathtub, there were sharks. And in between all that was just complete fun and chaos. We even had a sunken bar. The sunken bar to me was hilarious because when you read on paper about a sunken bar, for some reason it sounds fancy, (laughs) but really the sunken bar made people think that we had hired the shortest bartender on the planet. I am
1: not going to lie. I thought that the whole time until I like walked up to get a drink and I'm like, Oh, Hey, normal human being size person. Like I had no idea. He was way down there. And I was like, what is this? Like, I know that you'll go to any length to do, you know, things that are above and beyond, but that was impressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we said, hey, if you're going to bartend for the fam, you have to walk around on your knees the entire time. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: The, the, the staff was absolutely fantastic. And uh, our friends at Podium, I finally got to meet Kelly Suzuki in person, which was amazing. Love Kelly. Uh, but we had Podium Pong set up and Podium Punch was being served as soon as you walked in and then the fountains were going off and at one point, multiple confetti cannons got shot into the sky. Yep. Um, well, Okay, so as you walked in, what did you experience at the fam house party? Well,
1: first off, I was privy a little bit because as you know, my wife Tracy was helping you set it up with helping Tara get it all going um, and she gave me a little preview tour and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going all out. Um, but frankly, like this is one of my favorite experiences that y'all have done um it was just such a gorgeous view you had the right people in the room the favors were amazing you had everyone with their gift bags and um it was it was a fun event and and perfectly on brand for what you guys do it was uh one of the highlights of of our experience in vegas this year
0: well it was a lot of fun thank you for being there and i can't thank tracy enough uh, she's part of the fam. And and from what I understand, like she's never going to miss another dream camp.
1: <laughs> That's what she told me. She's I'm not allowed to go to dream camp without her, um, especially because you keep picking these nice places, which thank you very much. It's nice. But <laughs> now we got multiple people that we're going to have to bring. Um, but <laughs> the one thing I had that I wish um, I would have known about was some of the pictures that were taken of me on the catamaran, ended up blown up. I think my wife did it and put on the wall of all the pictures. So I'm like, oh, that's up there for everyone. Okay, good to know.
0: <laughs> I know exactly the picture you're talking about because you're coming out of the water after canoeing, or not, not canoeing, it's uh, kayaking in the mangroves. And you get the back wind. on... To the ship the catamaran that we that we rented our private catamaran and you just throw your arms up in the air in complete triumph and are so happy and it's just such a joyful moment i thought it really captured what dream is all about
1: well i'm glad i can be the mascot <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're looking fit too man he, he's shirtless by the way
1: no um i'm looking like i i need to you know take a few uh pages from your uh playbook on the workout thing but yeah so it was it was fun and And just seeing all the people that are in this world that you've brought together, continue to show up time and again, and and even new people be added. Um, I got to meet the people at podium, it was great. Um, I didn't get to play the beer pong or podium pong, um, but I saw that it was there. Uh, I did make some inappropriate comments to my wife about the bidet, um, because that's not something that I'm used to seeing. And she told me to just be quiet from here on out about stuff like that, to not embarrass my family and my brand. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun time.
0: <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's next level whenever one of the bathrooms has a bidet. Um, and I'm wondering who used it. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I think somebody might've just tried it out.
1: We can do a most likely person to have used the bidet and just have everybody list it and just do a poll who used it.
0: <laughs> I think the top five on my list would be Matt Smith, Matt Smith, Matt Smith, Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh he's like you got a real weird water faucet in there man that was funky
0: <laughs> well and at one point poor kelly charles she hurt her foot and she was zipping around market on the scooter um mm-hmm. and so whenever she came up to the house party her and joe the scooter obviously came with them and we squirreled it away and i thought i, I put it on the charger because i thought at some point people are going to break this thing out and zip around the 4,000 square foot suite on the scooter. And sure enough, at one point, uh, my friend Chino from Guatemala, they're an Englander licensee. He was uh bartending and he was zipping around on the scooter and I oh don't think God. he was alone.
1: Well, I, I highly enjoy the cute little TikTok videos. The fam did, if you haven't seen them, please link to them because they are hilarious. My wife and Tara and Kelly did some with Adrian and they're all coming in and out of uh, the uh, elevators and, and kelly's in there riding the scooter out is so perfectly um kelly like she don't care like she's gonna do do kelly you know i love her she's amazing
0: yeah those those videos she is and those videos are absolutely incredible adrian um who, who works at the fam many of you know adrian put those together just like showing the fun side of vegas of which there's a lot and yeah. you know we talk about the business side of it but man the relationships and the fun side it goes a long way and you know we don't always end up in the same place at the same time, even though we're doing business together. So when we get together, you know, that's what I feel like the fam is, is really all about. Like we're going to make sure the fam gets together. And and like you're talking about with dream camp, you know, a lot of people don't understand what dream camp is. And that's why you have to apply. And if you go to fam.news and you're interested, um, we do have a few slots left for dream camp, Palm Springs coming up uh, at the end of April. So you can go to fam.news and you can apply. And, let me just, I'll leave you with this on that note. If you're even curious at all, apply. I'll leave you with that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that one of the interesting things that happens is just the emergent experience that comes forth when you have a whole bunch of people that know the industry that want to help each other. I, I think I had two two different uh, business owners in the retail space say that they have changed their entire business model just out of conversations we had directly. And I just know that's happening in other conversations that are happening all over the place. Um, And it's, it's not something that like you predict, but it's something that you can expect. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Follow that, follow that scent trail, follow that curiosity. And Let's leave it at that. We've had some <laughs> incredible people that I never knew, uh, apply and they're coming to dream camp, uh, Palm Springs. And, and I know we're going to see you and Tracy there. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about bedhead for a minute, because I think you guys did something that was really important. I signed on from an Englander perspective. Um, people invest a ton of money to get their mm-hmm. products ready, send their team to market. They pay for that show space year round, which is an absolute gut punch every month when I get the bill. Um, So maximizing that investment is critical and maximizing that investment is something that you really have to do in the moment. So before, during, and after, but a lot of people miss the during and you guys put a team together to go in and shoot videos in different showrooms and turn those videos around same day or early the next day so that people online looking for products or checking their social media, we'll be able to see some of what was happening right around them. Talk Mm -hmm. about where that idea came from and then how you made that happen because it looked like a logistical feat.
1: Which is why I'm very grateful for Anna because you know, logistics is typically not how you describe Brandon Bain. (laughs) Creative (laughs) and tech maybe, but not logistics. And yeah, it started off last event in the summer where we tried five different videos with five um, of our showing manufacturers that one of them was like, a, we're gonna demo the new showroom, one was gonna demo the new product, one was an interview style, except so we had these five different styles of videos, and it was kind of a beta test for us. And they were really successful, especially the interview style. So we gave people the option of doing it on your own. If you have a dynamic powerhouse speaker like you, are um which you did a really great one i think yours was like a, a mtv cribs uh influenced <laughs> type of video and we can link to that but that was a really fun video um and then we did an interview style with either Steven ferguson or brent batterman who are both very dynamic um on on camera and they ask uh really interesting questions it's not just like tell us what's new how's your business? You've been doing this for the X amount of years. Tell us. So it's really more salient, interesting questions from people that are respected in the category and um, get a lot of views. I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. And and what we did was we had 13 or 14 videos that we filmed in Vegas with two full production crews. They're not iPhones. It's literally bringing out the production crew with the Ronins and the lighting and the audio and all that stuff. We had did a lot of pre-prep for this. So we have to know brand guidelines, um, the, uh, you know, all the keynotes, the topics that are going to be covered, all the bullet points, we have to know the uh, music that's going to go behind the tracks. Like all of it has to be done pre, you know, pre-market and prepped. And then we shoot the video, turn it on over, turn it over overnight so that that by 10 AM the next morning, 11 AM, when traffic is the busiest and buyers are in the building, we are sending these videos out through all of our channels, LinkedIn um and then boosting those videos we had over half a million impressions of just the videos that we boosted so it's a lot of eyes but they were specific to the furniture and um mattress buying industry so it's not like you're getting random people seeing it it's only people that we thought were in our target demographic half a million views so it was really impressive and when we go there it's a lot of work so we're exhausted after the first couple days and thursday and by uh sunday i think our last video was shot but basically Saturday we wrapped up and, and edited everything and we're just like a show of ourselves. So it's not just Steven and I running around anymore. It's the whole, I think we had like, you know, 10 people on production crew and a couple of extras and um, yeah, they were really great. And all the people that did it the first round basically signed up to do the second round. And I think they're going to keep doing it because it provides a lot of um, visibility into their products from a company like us. That's agnostic. We're friends to everyone and can kind of speak to their product um, you know, as a viewer of all the products, not just someone that's in there trying to like hype them up.
0: Well, congratulations on number one, pulling that off. I think it was a great service to the industry too, just to bring that all together. We, we were probably like ships passing in the night because, uh, Tara and Adrian were doing fam cams, which those, those were just like quick little social media style videos where we ask what's new and why does it matter? And, you know, Adrian and Tara were turning those around same day, a little bit of a different take, yep. um, but I love being able to uh, see lots of perspective and get that content out there. So the people that aren't there are able to see what's going on. The people that are there a lot of times can't have a 360 view. So they're going to be able to go back to, to, you know, bedhead social media channels the fam social media channels. We're pushing out your videos too because I, was, I think it's just such really great content. So congratulations to the Bedhead team. Congratulations to Steven Ferguson on having an amazing pink jacket that I saw breezing through the hallways. It was like <laughs> this pink flash forward and backward. I was like, dude, yep. man, your, your style game is just on point. Yeah,
1: yeah. And by the way, um, I was with uh, Tara and Adrian on two or three of those video shoots. They do such an awesome job. So hats off to them. And I've shared some of those videos as well. I think it's all necessary. Um, You know, if some visibility is good, more is better, right?
0: Absolutely. Hey, as as we put an exclamation point on the end of this, I want to go back to the beginning. We had the Mattress Mentorship Mastermind Accelerator Lab the day before Vegas Market officially started on that Friday. And we rented out the Sterling Club, which is an absolute gem. It's not in a hotel, but it's right off the strip. And we spent a day uh, learning about artificial intelligence, generative AI, getting our hands in the clay and learning. What, from your pr- perspective as somebody who's tech savvy, somebody who's in the marketing space, somebody's using ChatGPT GPT and generative AI, when we had that group of almost 30 people gathered up, what did you notice? What's your observation? What are your hot takes?
1: Man, like I did not think that I would go into a training about AI and Mark Kinsley would teach me something because I've been in AI for a long time. And um, you, you really put a package together to like, how can you use AI to properly support your business? Um, how can you be the user of the tool um, versus um, just assume like, oh, I can never get into this, but basically it became the equalizer. Everyone can do this if, if they had the right understanding of it. And I think that you took a group of 30 people that Probably three or four of them have used AI as part of their daily routine um, and turned them all into like people that will be using this every single day to improve their businesses. And you taught me a couple of things. And um, I remember I, I pulled you over and we had an image developed using AI and I asked it to build an image based on the stylings of bedhead marketing. And it's the best image that I've ever seen generated. So I was like, hey, it knows something. It's working, right? But but it was really fun because you put people into pods and you got them to work on like developing a brand with AI within like you know 10 minutes. Like you have like five like amazing concepts for beds that like, wow, that would be something that people would probably pay for from like a focus group to figure out what would be a great new uh, strategy for a brand or a concept for a bed and you just kind of unlock that within those people. So um, the the whole experience is great and, and it was really easy to follow along. And those masterminds are um, are really, um, they're really well done and really impressive. The locations are great. Uh, the accommodations are great. And, and your your presentations that you help people with, no matter where your starting point is, some of these people barely know how to attach a PDF to an email. And some of the people in there are like highly, high, like Eric Grimley, highly technical, Joel Bo- Boer, Um, Brandon, uh, some of these guys know their stuff and they came away with new information that was helpful for them.
0: Wow. That is a glowing endorsement. I, I was really nervous about the different points on the timeline for people, just like you described, because I knew we had some power users in there. And then I knew we had some people that really haven't spent any time using any generative AI and it probably just scared them. Actually, we did a little word cloud. And we just had people send it in. I had this system where you could just vote and it, you know, we put it up on screen. And I was like, what words come to mind whenever you hear Chat G- GPT and AI? And scary was the biggest word, mm. which means the most people said the word scary. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested in whenever we meet up in Palm Springs because I want to repeat that and see what words come to mind months later after they've had a chance to use it. Um, well, and
1: hey. You- I was going to say, you know me. I mean I owned an IT security company for 10 years, and that's high tech, and, and frankly, I'm the kind of guy we've talked about before. Like I had to embrace technology, and, and just when the internet came out, it became an equalizer, but everyone thought, oh, this is the thing that's going to put us all out of business. Now the internet's going to be the thing that crushes every job, but it did the exact opposite. It created the world, the most amount of entrepreneurs in the history of the world, right, because now you it, it, it'll get, let a 14-year-old kid start selling stuff on eBay or whatever, right? the ai that we're using here is even bigger than that because you don't have to learn there's not this long learning curve of how to build a website and how to code and all that stuff you literally just have to know how to provide the right prompting to return the um the 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 results that you're looking for
0: yeah and i think it's that's an important pause point technology has historically been a net job creator And a lot of people are like, Oh, it's going to take away jobs. And it is, it is taking away jobs in certain fields and certain categories. Uh, But a lot of companies that I think are really smart with this are looking at it as how do I get bigger with the same number of people while freeing up my people to do more strategic work instead Mm of manual uh, labor or um, processes that can be automated and take human touch and human error out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things. And we said it at the very beginning of the, the session there in Vegas, AI enabled people and companies will outperform those who don't adopt the technology. And of course, the simple way of thinking about it was if you had the Ironman suit and everybody had the Ironman suit, it's who uses it the best. And that's yep. what's happening. Like everybody's going to have the Ironman suit. Your job is going to be understanding how to use it the best for you. And your. I do
1: one more thing that I learned that I, like, I'm like, I'm, I feel stupid that Mark Kinsley had to teach me this, okay, which is the uh, exercise by which we had the dummy data and we were to extrapolate from the dummy customer data, um, what kind of products do I need to be selling and merchandising or bringing into my showroom or marketing to? Basically, you can have a list of all your customer data and chat GPT or any of the open AI and basically pull from that your merchandising strategy the, based on the information you've given it, uh, what products you want to put in there, maybe a market you want to target that you didn't even realize you needed to target based on it, your return on investment. If that, that one small little thing, if that's all that any of the retailers got from it on how to do that, can, might drastically change their uh, ROAS, their return on ad spend, because now they're targeting the people that actually want their products that they make money for.
0: And for those of you who don't understand what Brandon's saying about the data piece of it, you can pull just all of your data from your business, say, over the past year. And you can upload that data. You can anonymize it if you wanted to um, first. But you can upload that data into ChatGPT, the pro version. And you can ask it simple questions such as, what's my number one best-selling product by brand size? You, know, you can put in price point. You can even just zoom out and get much more simple than that. You could upload the data and you could say, what should I be paying attention to from in, within this Excel spreadsheet? And it will start giving you ideas and prompts. So there's mm-hmm. so much like the two fundamental skills that we, we learned at the accelerator lab around generative AI were how to be a good prompt boss. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what well, we can get into that later. How to be a good prompt boss and then how you can be an expert data analyst instantly. And I think we're, we're walking around with so much data, uh, but making sense of it and making it actionable is now completely within reach. It's, yep. it's, it's amazing.
1: It's, it's powerful.
0: Well, man, hey, thank you so much for uh, taking a walk down a recent memory lane as we both navigated Vegas market, um, crossing paths, high fives in the hallway, and then of meeting up at the fam house party there at the Bellagio. Um, congratulations to you and your team. You have an incredible group of people um on thank the you, bedhead bro. side, smiles for miles. Um <laughs> super wonderful people. So I know that thank you. Um I just want to say that they they're really truly a, a great group of people. So congratulations on all your success and all your growth. And thank you thank so you. much, Brandon, for uh recapping Vegas with me here.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for your continued partnership and um looking forward to the next one. So uh you know, round two and six months to start getting prepped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Make the most of market. Don't That's show right. up and hope that people find out about you. Have a plan in place. Of course you can get with this guy. Um, hey, thank you so much for listening to the Fam podcast. Be sure to subscribe, share this with some friends and follow us on LinkedIn. We're always sending out hot takes. And like I said, if you're interested in anything dream camp or sleep summit related, head over to the all new fam.news. We'll see you here next week on the Fam podcast.